0: welcome to the edition podcast i'm charlotte henry i'm joined once again by rob dunwood of the tech dawn of dtns of all sorts of places hi rob how you doing
1: charlotte it is so good to see you again is is it okay to say happy new year just because it's the first time you and i've actually talked even though it's the 16th i know yeah we are recording
0: this on the 16th people listening to it on the 17th i think we're okay happy new year rob well done for not having to go to the Las Vegas Convention Center and be in person at CES. Congratulations to you, my friend.
1: Yeah, I was, I was, uh, you know, I, I was planning on going. In fact, I mean, so planning that I actually have my badge and everything um, oh, wow. that I could have picked up. So it was kind of a last minute decision to decide not to go. And I was kind of bummed out at first, but a- after hearing a lot of folks' uh, experience, and I've I've been to CES four times already. It was a lot of walking and looking at televisions and laptops. Which is which which you expect, but it's like you you can only yeah. make so many different form factors.
0: I mean, there seem to be many, many televisions and maybe we could discuss that. It would seem to be televisions and AI and some car stuff, basically.
1: Even if it's not AI, if there is any type of algorithm associated with whatever you create that runs on current, um, yeah, yeah, they yeah. they slapped AI on it. I think that, that you know, last year was really the, the you know, the year the AI got kicked off everybody's got AI products this year, regardless whether they actually are or not.
0: Yeah, d- d- We're not entirely sure how artificial or intelligent they are, but it's called AI. But this is not what we were going to discuss because both of us are feeling quite pleased. We didn't end up in the Las Vegas convention center, but wherever I manage to get you on the show, find time in your busy schedule to have you on. We always like to just connect connected to sort of the broader creator economy, but, blogging website that kind of world in particular so I thought I would and we should say you were telling me before but one of the first domains you ever registered online and this is why I like discussing it with you was bloggerpreneur.com
1: yeah I was I was trying to be clever not thinking about the fact that most people can't spell prenor. um you know (laughs) not that entrepreneur is a hard word to spell it's just weird it's not something that you write down every day so I I had issues with people. What's your site again? Because they just couldn't yeah. spell it. Is it one R? Is it two R's? That, you where know, does you know, the U so, go? So it was yeah something. I but I've had that domain. It's going on twenty years now. In fact, I registered it. It's over twenty years. I registered it January, the beginning of January. So it was around the first of January in twenty, uh, you know, in two
0: thousand four. Hey, that so domain said, could have a drink in your country now.
1: It absolutely well close. Close one, <laughs> you know. Depending on where you go, it probably yeah. you'd probably sneak by. But, um, uh, but yeah, so yeah, I've had it for quite a while now.
0: And we we discussed the whole making money online thing when you were last year, and It was a great conversation. So I wanted to expand that out a bit. And part of that is because I have a theory, Rob. I'm going to run it past you, and you can tell me why I'm wrong. I think 2024 could be quite a. I don't want to go big, but I think there could be a meaningful resurgence in what you and I used to think of as blogging. That kind of very organic, uh, back and forth, in some ways, quite personalized style of writing about a specific topic online, not big articles, not the sort of what we come to think of as a newsletter, but that that kind of style of writing online where people check out your website a couple of times a day to see if there's a new site, a new post, I think with the way social media is fracturing and collapsing in some cases, in the way newsletters are good, but also like how many newsletters do you want to subscribe to? I think there could be a space for that kind of online writing and creation. Am I going completely mad? Am I being too optimistic?
1: Um, I wouldn't say that you're going mad? Because I, I understand, I believe at least uh, wh- where you're coming from. I, I'm, I'm kind of seeing some of these signals as well. Will it be the old days of sitting down and trying to figure out how to SEO uh, a title so that it's going to get enormous amounts of run from Google and every other search engine? I don't know that it's going to be that, but I, but I do see the rise of these microblogging platforms that do some of that heavy lifting work for you, like the, uh, you know, the Substack. Although Substack's got some problems lately. Well, but, I wrote uh, about you know, that in so my latest I, newsletter. Um, yeah, and it's like you know, so people are flocking away from that platform. But you know, there, there are other microblogging sites where folks are just—I just, just want to write. I just want to, you know, you know, put my content out there. It's not necessarily long form but it's too long for a tweet and, or, you know, or, or I guess you could say an, a post now on X or, you know, a post on threads. on threads or what have you. So folks are just, I just want to get my content out. So, I, and it's not just 2024. I think that, you know, we've kind of been in this since coming out of the pandemic to where people are, are saying, I, you know, i got some thoughts. I want to get them down and put them out to where just everybody can consume them. And you're right. Folks are getting fatigued from how many possible newsletters can you have, you know, can you subscribe to. So uh, so so I do think that there is some room for that, that and I'm doing the air quotes for folks who cannot see me right now, <laughs> um, that blogging like we used to think about it. But I don't think it's going to be really driven significantly from search engine optimization just because that's so hard to do. And I think that a lot of people who are creating the content, that's not what they're getting into it for. So I think what you'll see is content on these blog sites that are still driven um, in large part by social media. It'll be a post you put on social media that ultimately is going to lead someone back to the blog. And I think that creators are getting more adept. They're getting more savvy and they're starting to understand that these social media platforms they they don't have love for you in the sense that they're there to try to get your message out. They are there to make as much money as they possibly can first, as much money as they possibly can second, and as much as money as they possibly can third. Way down the list are they thinking about? Well, we can make this money by promoting this particular creator, but that is down as way down in their in their chart of the things that they're trying to do. And I believe that creators have have you know have, have gotten smart to oh wait a minute I cannot live. Yeah on Instagram. I can't live on X. I can't live on, even on threads, even though threads is brand new, I can't live there. I need to create content in a place. that's more my own. That's more controlled by me. And I'm going to link people to it. Even though algorithms don't necessarily like that, that's what I'm going to do so that my content can exist into perpetuity
0: thank you. That's the whole show. That was all I wanted to hear. And we'll see you next week. No, no, no. I I should say I mentioned this theory right at that. I think at the start of the year with Mark when we were kind of doing media predictions and I hinted that I thought this, but I'm so pleased to have you who's kind of followed all the tale of blogging to sort of unpack it in a bit more detail. Uh, And you made so many points that I agree with that. First of all, I think it's now almost impossible for an individual blogger or a site that has a few people blogging on it to beat the algorithm and appear at the top of Google. There are too many big brands. There are too, there's too much AI generated content. Like that is not how your blog is going to get found where, although you obviously should try an SEO well, that isn't the name going to be the game. Well, I think blogging can be really powerful is that we've learned from all the social media platforms you've spoken about that people care about a human connection with the people that make stuff they read and watch Mm -hmm. so on tiktok on youtube i watch youtube channels and follow people on tiktok because i like the people i'm interested in what they say i value their opinion like i care what marquez Brownlee thinks about a certain top you know a certain uh gadget i care what colin and samir think about the creator economy etc 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 so i watch their youtube channels right whereas it's not just a sort of algorithmic filter where i punch in a query to google and whoever seoed the page right does best for me right so i think there's a human connection there even if i'm not it's not a two-way story and i think that will really matter when it comes to blogging i guess what i'm thinking about as well is and I think also actually the point that you were really getting at I think is about ownership. You have to own the content you are making. You have to own your email list. You have to own your domain. You have to like you don't just want to hand it over to Meta or to X or you know to to YouTube. That's a bit harder with the videos, but you sort you have to own your stuff, right? And that yeah. because of the platforms that's really disappeared in recent years
1: absolutely and you, you mentioned a couple names um you know one of them that I, that I actually follow as well is Marquez Brownlee and although I'm certain that I am probably subscribed to his channel um, in YouTube it's fairly rare that I actually get an alert in YouTube and says oh Marquez has a new video out let me go check it out what it is is that I've connected with him on social media. And he's very good at saying, hey, I've got a new video, go check it out. That is generally what sends me over to whatever platform to consume his content. And I think that creators have to really think about that, that it's not about building just the brand of the thing that you are creating. You have to brand yourself as well, because it it, it is a lot about personal connections. Um, people connect with people much more quickly than they ever will connect with brands. So the, the key to branding is to brand yourself. And that way you have these connections with folks where you can go out and say, Hey, I got a new, you know, uh, you know, I was talking about this over on this platform, or I created this video. You might want to go see this, or, you know, so many different ways that you can just naturally interject that into conversation and it works. I mean, it Mm -hmm. it works very well, very, very Uh well.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. And I think, again, this is not an original thought. I've said this before on plenty of shows, but I repeat it because I really believe it. I think in an age where there's going to be so much AI-generated content that written words by another human are still going to really speak to other humans. And that's going to really matter. And that really is how blogging started, how people started caring about it. Whether it's John Gruber at Diet Daring Fireball, because I care about what he thinks about the latest Apple announcement or whatever. It's that that's a human connection there, not just a prompt that's gone into Chat GPT.
1: Exactly. I I don't I don't know of any bots that I'm friends with. Right. I, I don't. Oh, you know, I don't know. You I haven't
0: don't... met some of my friends.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I... I, you know, some of these bots are probably really good. Maybe there's someone, but, but generally I'm connecting with people. So the, you know, the interest for me is that this person that I know, Uh, wrote this. Let me go check it out. Mm -hmm. This person who I follow, you know, recorded this. Let me go listen to it. This person that I that I follow actually, you know, created this video. Let me go watch. Those are much easier for someone like me to to get me into your ecosystem than to literally Okay, I want to go build this AI bot that can do all these real things and sound 80 percent like a human and but it's clever and it's you know and it's cute and it's like I, I don't really have time for that i I would much rather interact with uh you know actual humans there there was a uh an actual and i, I can't think of off of the top of my head right now but George Carlin uh you know famous comedian you know passed mm-hmm. away uh you know back towards the i think it was like two thousand six he passed away but um you know a a group used AI to not copy him. They were very clear that this is not George Carlin. We're not trying to fake George Carlin. This is just our AI bot doing an impersonation of George Carlin. And you know I, I understand why organizations why why companies why, why they're going to try to do those things but if i really want to listen to george carlin he's got you know plethora of albums i can just go listen to the actual yeah, george yeah. carlin i don't need to th- i don't need to see a robot's interpretation of what that robot thinks george carlin meant or what he would say today you can actually go back and listen to his stuff now you know the world is changing ai is, is going to change everything and even even me i i'm using it to help formulate Uh, you know, ideas based off of things that I've been writing for the last 20, 25 years that I just happen to have inside of, you know, inside of OneNote or Evernote that I can, you know, import into a database and say, hey, you know, what was I thinking about this? And it actually can give me some notes on it, but I'm not going to use that to actually write. I've already written it. It's my voice. I don't need AI to write it for me. I can go write it for myself and generate my own, uh, you know, opinions off of things that I've created or opinions off of things that are, you know, that I'm going to formulate in the future and i think you know you know for the foreseeable future people are going to connect with people more so than they ever will with computers
0: yeah i I totally agree and the second part of my thought on all of this was this idea of the fractured social web we all used to think there was like you basically had to be on facebook and you had to be on twitter and then you had to be on instagram and they were the platforms that really mattered and everything else like whatever yes you might be a big deal on reddit but not everyone uses Reddit, far from it, you know, some business people, you know, in the business world, LinkedIn is a big deal, but in other parts of, you know, the classic kind of influencer type creator, never really going to worry about LinkedIn unless they're specifically in that business world. And I just think now that the, um, the social web has become so fractured that actually people might like, basically I think your blog can replace your Twitter account you know elon musk has trashed the joint as i put it in my newsletter he you know he's made twitter some combination of unpleasant and unusable depending on what day of the week it is and who you are and so actually instead of following you on twitter and seeing three different tweets in the day on the same subject i'd rather go and look at your 350 word blog post on the subject
1: (laughs) um that it is very possible and you know i, I want to pull the fediverse into this conversation because we're getting to the point to where it doesn't necessarily matter which social media platform yeah, you're on yeah just explain that
0: to people and by that i mean me because i still haven't got my head around it all
1: so you have got these all of these disparate uh social media platforms when you are on x you're only on x sure. when you are on instagram you're only on instagram and yeah, you can create content for X and then repurpose it for Instagram or you could create content for Instagram and repurpose it for TikTok, but it doesn't necessarily always have the exact feel of the yeah. of the platform that you're being repurposed for. But they're all separate. But where the Fediverse is going, and you're, going to, you're seeing this with things like Blue Sky, with Mastodon, actually with Threads. Threads,
0: yeah, Threads. Is, uh, they're know, trying it's, to it's, it's, play nicely, aren't they?
1: Exactly. They're, they're going to give you the ability to to literally have an instance in one place of, of yourself and of what you create on that platform, but make it accessible to other platforms. So like one of the things that I, I believe I just read an article today or yesterday that uh, Blue Sky is doing. They actually you, you can now subscribe to Blue Sky via RSS. So, you know, so you you can, you know, when we hear RSS, we almost always think that it is about uh, podcasting at this point, and that's a big part of it, but it's just really simple syndication. You can subscribe to anything, you know, back in the blogging days, we used to subscribe to blogs via RSS and pull their feeds into our blog and repurpose content that way. I think that with the Fediverse, you're going to see a resurgence of this to where, I may exist on Mastodon, but I'm interacting with someone on Blue Sky. I may exist on Threads, but I'm interacting with somebody on Mastodon who's interacting with somebody on Blue Sky who's interacting with someone on some other federated, uh, you know, um, yeah. service that allows that allows uh, this interchange of data with rules uh, for uh, you know content uh, you know um, to to be dispersed.
0: I mean, that's clearly the direction of travel certain platforms and they're very open about it they're very comfortable about it but it's still you're still playing on someone else's lawn right Mm -hmm. even in the fediverse whereas you earn you own bloggerpreneur.com that's you that's rob and i Mm -hmm. think actually as all of this becomes maybe federated i think that's gonna really still might matter even more people can find you in a place that you own
1: yeah, th- that that is Im- important. Uh, I've I've actually gone so far that if you can get your name as a domain name, it just makes sense to register it because, uh, like for me, my, you know my, my name, my first name and my last name are spelled funny, so I am able to get rob dunwood or rob dunwood. I've got both of them, uh, and because of that, or I should say I've got rob dunwood and I've got rob dunwood under you know that domain yeah. name, but because of that. I always have a home base that no matter what, you can always find me there. Uh, I've had Bloggerpreneur for 20 years now. You can always find me there. there there's, uh, you know, the, you know, if, if I were to actually put content back on that site, you could always find that content on that site. I mean, there, there, there literally is orders of magnitudes of content there. I've just hidden it from the search engines sure. and stuff until I decide what I want to do with it. But, but there's enormous amounts it. of content that exists there, and I own it. So even if my host... Were to say, hey, we don't want you anymore. I can take my content, put it somewhere else, and literally within an hour or so, most of the internet would actually be able to access it in a new place.
0: Mark Zuckerberg doesn't own it. You're not on Mark Zuckerberg's lawn. Well. You're not on Adam Saris' You're not on Elon Musk's lawn. Whatever, whatever. You know, some of the others are more open source, but still, and you can make it look how you want. You can make it sound how you want. You can allow it to connect or not connect. And show and not show how you want. I think for people that want an online presence, I think in January 2024, people should be starting that. Anyway, my new year's resolution is to bring blogging back in 2024, in case you hadn't noticed. Um, But of course, part of that for some people is wanting to make some money blogging. That matters to some people. If you're spending time doing it, you want to get something back for it. Now, display ads are the obvious way. But one of the key things I wanted to drag you on the show to talk about uh, was affiliate ads now. Because we obviously display advertising is really obvious to people. Uh, Creators in the video space often make it very obvious when they are promoting a product, you know, that sponsored them. They make a video to talk about the product. Great. On this podcast, again, very straightforward someone wants, and I'm delighted to have them, uh, have a ad on this show. And I, you know, hopefully get to check out the product. I get to read and I read the ad and tell people about the product. And I'm always happy to do that. But there's this other side, isn't there? Affiliate marketing. So, and there's all sorts of programs for that. So just give us in 30 seconds Rob, give us affiliate marketing 101.
1: Affiliate marketing. Um, you know, and, and I'll, I can't I can't do it in 30 seconds. All right. I I'll, want tip, to make,
0: I'll turn yeah, the clock
1: yeah, off. Yeah. I, I, I want to make a distinction possibly without a difference. I think okay. there's a difference between making affiliate sales and being an affiliate marketer. Um, let me explain. Point. So, so, So when I think about affiliate marketing, I'm thinking about niche websites that are being created with significant SEO enhancement to drive traffic to a page specifically for a product that the intended of the intention of the content is for the product to be purchased. Um, and I believe that that is when you when you hear somebody say, I'm an affiliate marketer, or, I'm building an affiliate site, a, a niche website. I think that that's kind of what you're talking about, where I. Uh, you know, exist on the spectrum of affiliate sales is more that I create content that is of interest to me and of interest to other people. And a lot of times I get asked, well, hey, how did you do this? Or, you you know, it's, it's very time consuming to do these edits. How, how did you do these edits so quickly? And it might, it might be for me. Well, I use a product called XYZ that makes doing this type of edit much easier. So the content isn't necessarily about the product. It is more of an endorsement from me that, Hey, here's, here's how I do it. Here's how it works for me. And here is an affiliate link that if you were to, you know, if you, if you're deciding to go look at it, here's a free trial, maybe you'll get like an additional two weeks on your free trial. If you sign up through me, it costs you nothing but if you do decide to get it i'll make something on the back end if you don't that's fine too because the content wasn't created simply for you to click on my affiliate link the content was created for me to teach you something or to explain something or to show you something um, about a question you have submitted to me or about a way that i actually do something so once again those two things can be a distinction maybe without a difference between affiliate mm. marketing no. and affiliate sales. But I kind of see the second as being a little bit different because I'm not necessarily creating the content with the sole purpose of driving someone to it to make a sale off of it. That That is not, you know, you know, affiliate marketing is one of probably many ways that I would try to monetize my content.
0: Right. And that's really what I'm talking about because mm. just to be clear, what we're talking about is there's various programs. Amazon obviously has one. Uh, there's all sorts of places online that you can sign up for and connect be connected with brands that want to sell their products and if you buy your specified link which tracks back to you uh if someone clicks that link and makes the purchase as you explained you get a bit of money on the back end and it's kind of, in a era where you know display ad cpms are you know have got lower that can be an important part for lots of people in monetizing their online work. I just wanted to put that into the mix of blogging. And I guess in a way, what you got out in your first answer was the key thing actually for this whole conversation, which is authenticity. So if I read a book and I use say the bookshop.org affiliate program to share the link, to tell people that follow me on my blog, on my website, on this podcast about the book, It only works if they know I really like that kind of book and it's an all, you know, I can give it an authentic review and it comes from a place, a genuine place that I cared about the book. And then maybe they'll want to click on that link, buy the book too. And that, you know, the small bit of commission comes back to me. But authenticity lies at the heart of what you're talking about.
1: Oh, it, it absolutely does. Um, it, just in my experience, you know, in, in today and, you know, for the last few years, I talk an awful lot about content creation, specifically podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get questions all the time. Like, I'll give you an example. I've got a I've got a light behind me. This go V Lyra light that is behind me Yeah. that, you know, when, when I built my set, I've had people say, oh, that's a cool light you've got behind that bush or whatever that is, Rob. What light is that? Well, here's a link to it on Amazon. I literally just here's a link. Now, if you don't use that link, I'm not upset about that. But if you do, it ultimately makes a you know makes a few sense for me to be able to continue to give you the content that you want. So it's kind of like you know reciprocity. Uh, I, I've I've actually talked to a lot of creators who will say things like, "Well, I don't want to uh, use." affiliate links for anything because I don't want people to believe that I'm somehow jaded with the information that I'm giving. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say there are some, if you're a news organization, I can really understand that um, because you don't want to, feel you don't want to, you don't want to talk about a product that you also are promoting because, okay, well, at some point, are you promoting or are you just giving us the news? So I get that when you are a news related type uh, situation. But when I'm just talking about, I really like the podcast and here's how I do it. And here's the light that I use. Here's the camera that I use. Here's the switch that I use. Here's the cables that I use. If that's all interesting information to you, and you're going to, you know what, if Rob's using it, it's good enough for him. It's good enough for me. I'm going to go buy it. If you're already going to do that, why not put an affiliate link in it and then give, you know, myself the opportunity to subsidize the content that I'm creating. Mm. Um, I, you know i've actually been in many conversations it seems recently with you know folks that are you know well your, your content needs to be free you just need to let it go and and ultimately you know if you, if you make it content free people are going to come back to it and i agree with that you know no one's paying for any of the content that i'm that i'm putting out uh specifically it's like you know almost everything that i do has a mechanism to where you can get it absolutely free but that absolutely free mechanism may include ads in it It may include affiliate links in it. It may include uh, where I talk about merch on my store. It may, you know, there's always going to be some call to action where I can actually make, uh, you know, income on the back end of creating the content. And I have come to understand there are people who are just bothered by that. And that's okay because those Mm -hmm. folks are probably not, you know, my core audience and wouldn't listen to me anyway. So if they decide not to buy because that affects, them then I I just have to accept that but I always find it interesting Is like you have a problem putting an affiliate link on your page but you have no problem with a sponsored ad you know w- what is the difference other yeah. than one they paid you up front and one you got paid because you actually produced
0: yeah I, I see it it's all in the same spectrum because it's stuff I like right that's ultimately what it comes down to and it's stuff I'm right. happy to tell my audience about uh, and of course there are there are some creators you have used affiliate links fairly casually, and what you talk about, you know, I use this if you're interested. But there are some people who it's really part of how they monetize their content. It's a really important part. It might be people that do product reviews, for example. Mm-hmm. It can be really important.
1: It 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 absolutely is because and that's legitimate. If you, if- it it, it it really is. And it, it comes down to, uh, I don't know that non creators, they ever think about this, but it takes an enormous amount of work to create videos where you're explaining and editing and all that kind of stuff. Like, I'll give you an example. This is, this is a real conversation with my dad and I, my, you know, so I, I am the host okay, this of is Daily good. Tech. Having
0: heard, having heard you talk about your dad in other podcasts. <laughs> This is going to be incredible. Go. Yeah.
1: So uh, so I'm the host of Daily Tech Headlines. That is a, a daily tech show where I cover the headline, you know, just the top, you yep. know, eight to 12 headlines, you know, in the news uh, three days a week. And then another host does it another two days a week. So my dad calls me. I'm literally in the middle of, you know, doing this show. And he says, Hey, you busy? I was like, Well, I'm, I'm I'm literally about to hit the record button. He's like, What show are you doing? I was like, Daily Take Headlines, oh, that's your five minute show? Yes, sir. It's like, all right, I'm about to run into lows. I'll call you back in 15 minutes. In his mind, <laughs> that five minute show literally only takes five minutes. And why is that? Because when he listens to it, it's only five, six minutes long. So why would he think it takes any longer than that to create? But honestly, the the longest, hardest part of doing that daily tech headlines where I'm not I'm not creating content. I'm literally just going out and researching news articles of things that have happened that would be of interest to the audience. Um, That is a 90 minute process just to go out and just find 10 to 15 headlines that I can narrow down to eight to 12. And then the recording might only take eight or nine minutes. And then the editing of the recording might only take, you know, eight or nine minutes. But ultimately, at the end of that, you get a five minute show. There's an enormous amount of work that goes into that. So why would you not want to be compensated for the work that you're putting in for people to be able to consume the content for free? Most people will never buy a subscription uh, you know, to that. I, I would imagine it probably only maybe you know, it's probably less than 2% of people who listen to uh, that type of show actually subscribe to it where they would pay a monthly subscription. But why would you not do that? Because that 2% that actually does funds the whole effort. And there's so many different monetization mechanisms that you can employ uh, that all ultimately help you pay for the thing that you're trying to do, trying to do the, you know, trying to do the thing that you love. And uh, And I was saying
0: more and more, aren't we, that, you can't just have one plan. You can't just sell a subscription or pay all some of the content on your blog or hope that the display ads will generate enough income. You have to have, as we've always talked about this with big media companies, right? Oh, they've got to have events. They've got to, New York Times has to have adverts and subscriptions and events and games and this and that. But the truth is, even for micro creators and micro influencers, you have to have, a range of ways of generating revenue to keep making the stuff that people enjoy. And one of those things that I think is increasingly important is that affiliate links and Mm -hmm. affiliate, you know, content.
1: Yeah. The, the, I believe this is a saying that the average millionaire has, what is it like three to seven income streams? Right. So if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. And here's the thing. This is something that I don't know if a lot of people will think about affiliate marketing this way, because generally when folks are particularly in the creator economy, they automatically go to display ads, uh, yeah. CPM apps. If you're creating YouTube videos, you want to get monetized. You want to get that thousand subscribers and was a 4,000 watch hours. So you can now have ads on your content. But here's the thing that you always have to remember. The only reasons those ads run on your content is because they generate revenue for the advertiser. If you're not, if the, the advertiser is not making money, they're not advertising ads, on yeah. your content or they're not going to advertise at all because that, that is a quick way to go broke. So uh, so one of the things that I have found when it comes to going out and getting sponsors, I have had the most success, I would say over half, probably more than 60, 70 percent of the sponsors that I have ever gotten in my entire career going back over 20 years now, I have gotten them after being an affiliate because here's what happens um, when you are a when, when you are a company and you've got you know, you're working in that marketing department and, you, and you're working with, uh, you know, advertising. You, there's really two types. There's more than two, but there's two major type of campaigns that any type of advertiser is going to run. The first one is going to be just for, we, you know, we, we want to make sure that everybody knows that we exist, that we, we're out here. We're not necessarily trying to sell anything, but we want to do an awareness campaign. Well, from an advertiser standpoint, if we're just trying to get mass awareness, I'm going to go to the biggest shows because they've got the biggest audiences. And I would I would much rather deal with 10 companies or, or 10 podcasts that have a hundred thousand Uh, You know, listeners to get to my million tend to deal with 10,000 that only have, you know, that only have 100. Um, Much less work for me. So that's the first type. The second type is when you actually are trying to sell something. And this works for smaller, uh, you know, setups. If you're a smaller podcast, if you're a smaller newsletter, if you're a smaller blog, there are companies that will work with you if you have a niche audience. And they know okay this is the audience that i want to get in front of and even though you only have maybe 500 people who are listening every week those are 500 people that i want to talk to well i take it a step further it's like well if they've got an affiliate program and i only have 500 people that are you know on my platform let me prove it to them that my 500 people are absolutely interested in the thing that they actually are trying to sell so i'll join the affiliate program and if i see oh wait a minute i joined this affiliate program i now have like in a month or two months i've got five six seven sales I'll actually contact them back and say, hey, um, you know, I, I started, you know, started in your affiliate program and I've already done seven sales, uh, you know, are, you know, would anybody in, be interested in maybe doing something a little bit more formal in, in, in the way of a sponsorship? And as I said, I think it's probably 60, 70 percent or more of every sponsorship I've ever done came on the back end of just being successful with affiliate marketing. So to me, affiliate marketing is good on its own, but it also can be good to just help you get to that next thing.
0: I think that's such a great point and such a great way to end this conversation. I mean, I could listen to you chat about blogging and online uh, content creation for hours and hours, and maybe I'll turn off off the recording. We can keep chatting. But I I think everything you've said is really useful. I hope some of the listeners find it useful because often we unpack big industry trends but a lot of the people that listen to this show also make their own stuff and so bits of insight on how to monetize that is always useful rob thanks so much for joining the show R- remind people where they can keep up with all the great stuff you do
1: oh well it's always a pleasure to uh to chat with you charlotte and folks can find me um you know i've you know my uh my domain is just uh, rob dunwood my name is r-o-b-b-d-u-n-e-w-o-o-d Dot com, um, And you can find pretty much everything that I'm doing there. As I said earlier, I am the co-host of Daily Tech News Show, uh, which is a, uh, you know, a long running uh, technology news show that goes for about 35 minutes where we just talk about the hottest things in tech. Sometimes the they even let for, me on. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's how that's how we met. That's yep. absolutely how we met. And uh, I'm also the news host for Daily Tech Headlines, which is just a five minute rundown of the day's top tech headlines.
0: And it's all a great listen and a great read. So head over to there. I'll include all the links in the show notes. I'm at Charlotte A. Henry across most of social media or at Char A. Henry. Um, You can sign up directly to my newsletter at newsletter.theedition.net, Or, of course, I'm blogging at theedition.net. So I hope to see you at all those places. And I hope to see you all back here on this show next week. (laughs)